0: hey guys it's ben and this episode is sponsored by wade and williamson they turn iconic moments from sports and pop culture into stylish and comfortable clothing check out their website wadeandwill.com and use promo code losersball for 15 percent off at the checkout all links will be in the bio and now it's time for another episode of losers ball podcast Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Losers Ball Podcast. It's me, your co-host, Ben, alongside my good friend, Elon. What's going on, Elon?
1: Not much. Good to be back. Good to have another episode. Uh, Lots happened since we've uh, had our last episode. Trade deadline was a big one, and I think we should just get right into it. There's a lot to talk about,
0: huh? Yeah, I mean, coming to this trade deadline, we knew there was going to be a lot of hype to it. And would you say it lived up to the hype? Would you say it lived up to the expectations?
1: Yeah, it definitely lived up to expectations. Uh, some stuff we were expecting, some stuff were complete shockers to us. Um, you know, obviously people were expecting Kyle Lowry to be traded. He had his sort of swan song moment at the end of that game, sort of, you know, signaling off to all the uh, fans, all the cameramen, the reporters, even uh, Drake caught on the FaceTime in his uh, press conference. So I think people were expecting that to happen. And, you know, clearly Masai didn't think that there was a trade that was worthwhile and uh, other teams might have moved on to other options, but other stuff was quite exciting people were expecting a fire sale from the magic uh, that certainly happened people were expecting old to get traded that happened as well so definitely lived up the expectations may have been different expectations and you know not all of them have been fulfilled so we got some surprises for sure but definitely shaked up the league a little bit what do you think
0: yeah i think one thing that we learned uh from this trade deadline is don't lowball Masayujiri. He's not going to bite for it. He's not the Houston Rockets front office. He's an actual, you know, he's an actual front office guy. Don't try to pull any, any stunts with him because he, he's not going to fall for it. Um, you know, clearly. Well, should, should we get
1: into that? Because do you think that was the right decision by Masai? You know, it seems that Kyle Lowry is ready to move on. It seems that the Raptors may be taking on a new phase, more of a rebuilding phase. Maybe they're gonna try going for Cade Cunningham. Currently not even in the play-in tournament. And so it's very possible that a aging uh, Kyle Lowry, 36 years old now, I think, uh, you know, it's his birthday on the trade deadline. So it's very possible he'll want to go get that, you know, chase another ring. It seems that a lot of these aging all-stars, past all-stars are all ring chasing. We'll definitely get get to that later on in the episode. And so maybe it's possible that it's his last time, uh, last season suiting up for the Raptors. He may sign one of those mm-hmm. one-day contracts to retire the Raptor, but maybe, maybe Messiah should have just gotten something for uh, Lowry even just scraps and pieces to build around.
0: Yeah. Honestly, I don't think so. Look, Masai, he's not, he's not some rookie, you know, front office guy. He knows what he's doing there. Clearly the trade packages that he wanted for Lowry weren't there. You know, you might get Danny Green in return coming from Philly, but what's that going to do for us? You know, he's, he's not what we're looking for. If you're not going to include a young piece that they are looking for, such as, you know, Tyler Hero from Miami, or Tyrese maxi from Philly if, or, you know, any sort of picks, if those aren't in the trade packages, then really it, it's not really worth it. Or you're going to get what some 30 some year old player on an expiring contract. It doesn't fit with the Raptors timeline. They're looking to start fresh, start young, find players that are around the same age as OG Pascal and Freddie and, you know, move on from there. You know, Everyone, it was it was going to be a bittersweet day if the Raptors traded Kyle Lowry. Obviously, you want to see him win another ring. However, he's still a Raptor. The trade package just wasn't there, and we'll just have to see what happened. What happens in the off season?
1: Yeah, I definitely back that. Um, you know, as a lifelong Raptors fan, gotta say that Masai we trust. That's for sure. You know, he's definitely not a rookie GM. But speaking of uh, rookie GMs, what about Rafael Stone from the, the Rockets? It seems that like he got swindled on the James Harden trade. He had to basically, you know, gave, gave up James Harden, tried to get Depot as the prized possession alongside all those draft picks. You know, he could have had Karis Levert, but instead made that swing to go for Depot. And he basically had to gift through El Depot to the Heat by the at, literally at the deadline, past the deadline. And so it's very possible. I think that was the reason, especially why Miami didn't put in a uh, Tyler Hero or Duncan Robinson to get Lowry, because why would you put in those young pieces when you can literally get Oladipo, who's a lot younger, also mm-hmm. an expiring contract, but for exactly. literally, literally change. Like uh, it was not even like you know four quarters on the dollar. It was it was probably one quarter on the dollar for Oladipo. Yeah. So definitely got swindled on that one. He's definitely a showing that he's a rookie GM, not not someone to mess around with Pat Riley. Mm-hmm. And it was a. a definitely not not the best day for rockets fans out there.
0: Yeah, you know you know like the classic Wolverine meme where like he's in bed holding the picture frame. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that, that's basically every Houston Rocket or every Houston Rockets fan holding a picture frame of Daryl Morey how this is <laughs> a completely different franchise right now. You know, when we were growing up, you know, all all the memes were about the Charlotte Bobcats and the <laughs> the Philadelphia 76ers <laughs> being absolutely atrocious in the early 2010s. Now this generation is growing up with a trash Rockets team, something that we, we didn't think that we would have seen for quite a while, but congratulations to the Rockets. You basically turned James Harden into Kelly Olenek. Uh Who else is in the trade? Who else is in the trade package?
1: I think it was Kelly Olinick, Avery Bradley and pick swap this year. Maybe I think that was yeah. basically it.
0: Yeah. Congratulations, Houston. You played yourself.
1: So, yeah, actually I wanted to speak about this uh, before we continue talking about the deadline, but I saw someone on Twitter, someone, you know, tweet out which James Harden trade was worse, the OKC trade to uh, Houston or the Houston trade to Brooklyn. Uh, Just to give a recap, uh, the OKC trade when they traded James Harden back then, the sixth man of the year. It was for Kevin Martin, Jeremy Lamb, two firsts and a second. Those first round picks turned into Steven Adams, who was a quality player for the Thunder for many years before they shipped him off to New Orleans. And they got Mitch McGarry with the other one who just didn't (laughs) pan out with that roster at all. He really didn't make a career out of himself. Maybe he's out there playing in like, uh, you know, Spain or, or Europe or somewhere like that. But uh, men's definitely...
0: league, maybe. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, the local YMCA, uh, but definitely didn't get an NBA career. And they got that second round pick and they got Alex Abrinas with that one, who also uh, had a few years with the Thunder and then probably is back in Europe somewhere overseas. Mm-hmm. So that was the first trade with OKC. The second trade when Houston shipped him off to Brooklyn, it was essentially four first round picks, four pick swaps. And then the Heat also a pick swap from them. That's basically what they did. They obviously they had a few minor parts in there, like Kelly Olynyk, Avery Bradley, Dante Exum. But basically, moving forward, they're gonna look at what they got, you know, from that trade. And was just eight first round or nine first round picks, five of them being pick swaps. And yeah. which do you think was a, you know, more of a failure, trading James Harden back then, who was only a Sixth Man of the Year award winner, for. Two first-round picks and some role players, or trading an MVP-caliber player who's certainly playing at the MVP level right now for like eight first-round picks. I
0: don't, uh, this isn't even a question. I think the Houston to Brooklyn trade was way worse. At least for OKC, when they traded him to Houston, you know, chances are you weren't gonna be you weren't gonna be able to re-sign him. Already having Kevin Durant, uh, Russell Westbrook, and Serge Ibaka, Sh- chances the money the money just wasn't there. So at least you know you're kinda of taking a chance. Maybe he doesn't pan out in Houston and you end up winning that trade. I don't think anyone really saw that he was about to, you know, become the next generational superstar for, for you know for people growing up in that era. At least for Houston, at least you've leverage. You have a player, you, you have a superstar, you know, you know what you could get. And what you got was like I said before, you got Kelly Olenek, Avery Bradley, <laughs> and a pick swap. You, like you really thought that you were gonna rebuild with uh, with 27, 28 year old Victor Oladipo. He turned down the contract. You know, you tried to you tried to bring in Demarcus Cousins too as part of your your rebuild. You, you know, you released him. You have a John Wall contract that's probably you never you're never gonna move that like <laughs> I, I I'm just like out of words like th- this Houston's an absolute embarrassment in the league I, I don't even and, think it's close I don't know if you I don't know if you uh have a different of opinion but I think
1: I want to yeah. uh, add fuel to the fire actually I you know just to make matters worse they also it's not just what they what they did get it's what they didn't get meaning they could have got Ben Simmons for, for James Harden. And already just like that, you're set up for the future way better. You know, D- Ben Simmons is a defensive player that Year candidate, he is an all-star. He's a literally a, a generational talent, sort of a unicorn at a six, nine frame playing point guard. You could have at least, you know, maybe gotten Karis Laverne instead of Victor Oladipo. There were so many other options and you settled for literally just draft picks that are uncertainties. I mean, if we look back at the, at the Houston trade, when they got James Harden, who are the first round picks that, uh, okay? So you got Stephen Adams and Mitch McGarry. Those are not superstars. And that's definitely the same thing that can happen with, uh, you know, this Brooklyn trade, especially if they're getting bad draft picks. I mean, Brooklyn's going to be a good team. They have Kevin Durant. They have Kyrie Irving. They have now James Harden. They've got, you know, Blake and Aldridge this year. I'm sure they're going to have, you know, keep on attracting more and more talent as the years go on. They're not going to get good picks from the Brooklyn. It's not going to be like the Boston Celtics, Brooklyn, that's a pick. Uh, trade back you know in 2013 this is a, a very very different brooklyn team so these picks aren't going to be good and they also traded all of their you know they have a bunch of pick swaps going to the thunder for the uh russell westbrook chris ball trade so they're also not even, even as bad as they're going to be they can't even take because they're not be going to be getting those you know first overall picks that they're supposed to get if the lottery does fall to them so you know, they can't say, oh yeah, we're going to be taking and really going all in for the future because they're not getting their own draft picks. They're not going to be getting good draft picks from the Brooklyn Nets. And they don't even have a, a, a young star or a player to, you know, at least point to, to build around because they didn't get that. They didn't get their Ben Simmons. They didn't even get a Karis LeVert. So I think that this was actually extremely bad trade. And I, I apologize to the Houston Rockets fans because, you know, James Harden <laughs> couldn't get you a championship and now he can't even get you a uh, all-star, a young star in return. So uh, say goodbye to those Kate Cunningham dreams. It's going to be a rough uh, next few years for you guys.
0: Yeah. I mean just imagine if they never broke up the uh the Harden Chris Paul capella team. It's funny if they maybe just gave like one one more year or if Chris Paul never got injured in game 6. It's like what well, what could have been, honestly.
1: Yeah, we'd be looking at James Harden's legacy in a whole different light. It would be a very very different uh different retrospective, you know, on on his career. But let's go back to the trade deadline quickly. Um, you know, we talked about the Miami, he making the big moves. We spoke about the Raptors, you know, being a little hesitant. Let's go into the Orlando Magic. They shipped off basically their entire team. They shipped off Vucevic to the Bulls, Aaron Gordon to the Nuggets. Which trade do you think was bigger, the Gordon trade or the Vucevic trade?
0: I mean, I wouldn't say it was bigger for Orlando. I'd say it was bigger for for the teams on the receiving end. I think Chicago you know, going, going all in for, for Vucevic. I think that was an amazing trade for them showing Zach Levine, like, Hey, you know, we're here to help. We want you to stay. We want you to be the future of this franchise. So I think, I think that was a very good look for, for Chicago and trying to, you know, convince Levine like, Hey, you know, we're here to work with you, you know, please work with us. I, I don't think, you know, the, the halt like the, the return for Orlando, I do not think it was anything that great considering, you know, you just gave up star player and their prime under a contract oh i actually
1: disagree i thought it was a fantastic return for the magic you know they got some they got some draft picks they got wendell carter jr who's another great uh you know young young piece he has a ton of potential and Mm -hmm. you know he's had some health concerns but if he can get healthy he's definitely a good young piece that can build with you know jonathan isaac markel fultz cole anthony the, the young guys that they currently have Definitely fits that timeline. Nikola Vucevic, this is probably the best season he's had of his career. This is probably the best he's gonna get.
0: Keeps on, he keeps on uh, improving year after year.
1: He keeps on improving, but he's getting towards that the wrong side of thirty. So it's very possible they trade him at his peak value, and I think they got a lot in return. They got some young, you know, they got their young guy Wendell Carter. They got some draft picks, uh, which will definitely help them. And so I think they pulled the trigger because. I think they realized that they weren't going to be winning at many playoff games that they have their two playoff wins in the past, like five years, uh, mm-hmm. which was their first, you know, game one of the of the first round in the past two years, game one,
0: Orlando's nothing, <laughs> nothing like it.
1: But other than that, they, they I they understood that they had to get into a full rebuild and not play this quasi let's try going for the eight seed, you know, getting a, you know, one game in the playoffs here and there. And so, yeah. I think they made the necessary move. Let's not play in like no man's land in the middle ground. That Let's actually either go for a rebuild or a championship. And on the flip side, Chicago did the same thing. They, they realized that they weren't, uh, you know, happy, which also being in the middle ground. Zach Levine is mm-hmm. an all-star. Let's get some more talent around him. But I think this is going to be the real test for kid, good stats, bad teams, guys come together to be good stats, good team guys. Levine and Vucevic have both put up amazing numbers and they've both been on pretty bad teams and they throughout their basically entire career. So let's see if they can come together and make a good team at, from uh, Chicago, bring back the glory days to Chicago.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think one thing that we have to point out, you know, you're, you know, you, you, you love the haul uh, that Orlando got, got in return. However, Orlando's not known to develop players, Elon uh, I think that's a bit of an issue. They got some young guys. I see you smiling right now. <laughs> he he's gritting He's gritting out of his mouth right now because he he knows that Orlando's not the franchise that you want to go to when you when you want uh, some young guys to develop. That's why I think you know Chicago really really came away with this trade.
1: Hey, listen, honestly, you're right. I, I don't have a response to that, but that's not. <laughs> At least they can uh, point something to their fans to get the fans excited, give them a little bit of false hope before. They just destroy another guy's career. Seems like all the young guys get injured at some point or another, and I feel bad for the the players in Orlando. You know, they're definitely not the the uh, hot team in in Florida. You, if you're in Florida, you want to be in Miami. You want to be in with that Heat culture. They, that's a team that can develop talent, and Orlando's just looking to their uh, neighbors down south, and it's just really just you know probably extremely jealous and trying to replicate the success that they've had, but it's just not there. Whenever they have good pieces, they leave, whether it's Shaq or Dwight. And when they have young pieces that they can't develop, it just makes all matters worse.
0: Were there any trades that kind of caught you by surprise? Kind of, you know, a few head scratchers out there?
1: Um, I don't know about a head scratcher. I'd say one trade that was a little uh, strange was the Norman Powell to Portland trade. They gave up Gary Trent Jr. and Ronnie Hood. And, you know, Ronnie Hood isn't, you know, anything to uh, go, go crazy over. But, but Gary Trent Jr. is a solid young, young player, 22 years old in his third season. He's had some real moments in playoff games, not afraid of that big stage. Mm-hmm. And they basically traded a, him away for a guy on an expiring contract. And his cap hold will be bigger. He'll have, you know, they'll have to pay him a lot more than what they would have to pay Gary Trent Jr., who's a res- restricted free agent. Great, great trade for the uh, Raptors, who, again, like we've spoken about, they're going to be going into more of a rebuilding mode. And so, uh, get a guy... 22 years old to go along Fred VanVleet in the backcourt Pascal Siakam, I think it was a great trade for the Raptors. I didn't understand totally what it made sense for the uh, the Blazers. I think they are trying to go all in on this season, and if you're going all in, Norman Powell has been fantastic for this year. But it's either guy to go all in for. Um, yeah. What they gave up wasn't too much, but it still was a little bit of a head scratcher for me.
0: Okay, uh, I have one. The Iron was a head scratcher. Uh, Russell Rondo to the Clippers for Lou Will. And two two second round picks, I believe it was. You know, if, if you're if you're the Clippers, I think I think you're overpaid. You overpaid for Rajon Rondo. If he's healthy, I think I think he'll be a great addition for the team. But really really Lou Will and two picks. I, you I got think, you I got this wrong. You
1: they didn't trade for Rajon Rondo. They're, they're trading for playoff Rondo. They're playoff They rondo, are yeah. banking on a playoff rondo coming back. He's gonna be back in LA competing for championships, and everyone knows that Rondo plays best in the playoffs. So I think that this was a move to try to get, you know, they needed another ball handler. They needed a playmaker. You know, Reggie Jackson and Patrick Beverly aren't the guys for them. They've, you know, flawed in their own ways. And so Rajan Rondo is going to come in just to provide some more leadership, some veteran presence. And he's a guy who knows what to do with the ball. Extremely smart player. Probably one of the top IQs in the entire league. And I think that the Clippers realized that they basically gave, in, gave away their entire future already just to get Paul George and Kawhi. So you may mm-hmm. as well try to win a championship out of it, get whatever piece you can to help increase the chances. Like, I'll, do you think that Kawhi leaves if uh, the if the Clippers don't win the finals this year? He's going he's to be a free agent. He can opt out of this. I think he's a player option at the end of the season. He comes to LA. It's, you know, failed attempt after failed attempt. Do you think he looks elsewhere to, to get a championship? Maybe mm-hmm. he goes to the Lakers, stays, stays in LA, maybe goes somewhere else. What do you think?
0: Yeah. Oh man. I can't remember where, where I saw it from. I remember I, I read an article today and it was basically saying, I think like NBA executives believe that Kawhi and Beal will be available in this off season. It, I, it was crazy. Cause Beal, Beal said you know, all this time that he's committed to Washington, he's committed, he's not going anywhere, but for Kawhi, I mean, if he's available, that'd be crazy. You know, Giannis already got locked up for, um, you know, signed his contract in Milwaukee. He was one of the big names in free agency for, for this year, but now Kawhi's on free agency. That would be huge. Personally. I don't know where he would go. Cause he wants to go back to LA. You know, does he just, <laughs> does he join the dark side and go to the Lakers? Um, uh, it's, it's going to be crazy, but I, I fully see, I fully see that happening that, that this experience trying to make the Clippers, you know, trying to kind of have them be like the main team in LA, make them, you know, keep like you know keep them on par with the Lakers. I don't know if that's that experience is, is going too well, especially when you had one one objective in mind. That is to win a championship.
1: Man, if Kawhi leaves again fourth team in you know what six seasons or or fourth team in five seasons, that's not a good look for him. He's gotta stick it out. You can't make that the Clippers literally give up their entire future and then leave them after two years. Uh he has to take some ownership. Definitely has to take some ownership for them not winning the championship. Maybe that means he has to play more games, not rest as much. Everyone ripped on him for all the load management. Mm -hmm. But that would be a crazy situation. Mark my words, Kawhi Leonard staying in California, going to join the Golden State Warriors. Hot take alert right now. (laughs) Get it ready.
0: Put put that in the
1: spreadsheet. (laughs) It's going to be a sign-and-trade. You know, maybe it's Kelly Oubre, Andrew Wiggins, someone. They'll make it work and... They're, he's going to want to stay in California, but he wants to win a championship. Where do you do that? Golden State.
0: So he'd be the most hated guy in San Antonio, and all of the Clippers' two or three fans would, would start burning his jerseys in the, outside the staple, <laughs> Staples Center. So. Listen,
1: it, w- it wouldn't be the first time that the Warriors brought in a uh, top superstar ring chasing in, the pr- in their prime. Happened with KD. KD's not really the most liked play in the NBA anymore. Uh, Kawhi. Also, not so much the most liked player in the NBA right now. He was the fun guy in Toronto. Then he left, and people are a little weary of him. So it might happen. I'm going to call it right now. Hot take. I'm feeling it. I I like this. I'm I'm talking myself into it. Kawhi Leonard to the Golden State Warriors. Mark my words.
0: I mean, yeah, I kind of hope he leaves because at least that gives us some content later on in the (laughs) offseason when it's a bit slow. So. All right. uh, Any other trades you want to talk about? Uh, No other trades really call my mind, but just, you know, kudos to the Miami heat amazing franchise by far the winner of this trade deadline. Yeah. You, know, you didn't have to sell your future for Kyle Lowry. You just waited it out. Wait for a last minute deal to make with Houston offered nothing for Victor Oladipo. He's on an expiring contract. It's really low risk. I think he'll, he'll be a great addition uh, to Miami. One of the things I was very surprised about was Lamarcus Aldridge, you know, rumor had it that he was going to sign with Miami. And I thought that was going to, you know, really put them in the top four teams in the Eastern Conference. And that that would make them a lock for a team coming out of the East, you know, come playoff time. However, Marcus had different things in mind. He decided to sign with Brooklyn. What are your thoughts on that, Elon?
1: I'm going to be honest. I think that it was more of a name recognition than anything else. LaMarcus Aldridge has not been good this season. Mm. Uh, he's only going to add to Brooklyn's problem with, you know, defense. He has been an awful defender this season. And, you know, he's basically just only plays on one side of the ball on offense. And so for a team that's already going to struggle on defense because, you know, their top players don't play defense so well, just to add him into the loop to have to get him minutes to have to cater to that ego. I think it's really just a ring chase by Aldridge. I really can't see yeah. him helping out so much. I don't think he's going to be playing uh, in crunch time. He is really just ha- he hasn't been good. You know, there's a reason San Antonio was willing to just buy him out. There's a reason that other teams didn't want to trade for him san antonio who's a team that's trying to make the playoffs if they don't want him and they're willing to just literally give him give him away for free and give him knowingly that he's going to go to a championship contender just give him for free gift wrap him, you know ship him off to brooklyn basically directly it's sort of indicative of where aldridge is at in his career he's could have gone to a team where they actually could have used him a little bit more i don't think that brooklyn even needs him so much he's basically a Worst, worst version of Blake Griffin who they just brought in. Nicholas mm-hmm. Claxton's been playing fantastic. Uh, you know DeAndre Jordan is going to be the starter, probably just knowing his uh, relationship with KD and Kyrie and why he was brought to Brooklyn in the first place. Yeah. So is Steve Nash going to really try to find minutes for Aldridge, who hasn't been so good this season, or is he gonna just just going to stick to the guys who have been productive, who've been putting up good numbers, who've been helping the team win? I, I, I want to see Aldridge actually contribute before I start calling Brooklyn the uh, the championships and you know give them Malaria Larry O'Brien Trophy already. I think Mm -hmm. that there's a bigger buyout player and that was Drummond to the Lakers. Drummond actually has been pretty productive this season when he's been playing, when he's healthy. He was a guy who was bought out basically just because his contract was huge and Cleveland knows they're not going to be making any damage. They know they're not going to make the playoffs. And so they sort of wanted to just not have to pay all Drummond as much. You know, they save a little bit of money when they buy him out. They keep that relationship strong with with his agent for the future. And so for me, I think that was a way more impactful uh buyout signing and the Lakers actually need a guy like Drummond. They need it. They need a defensive big Marcus Saul that experiment has not gone well. And Montrezl Harrell, he's a great player, but he's only a good offensive player. We've all seen his defensive liabilities be exposed in the bubble last playoffs. So to bring a guy in like Drummond, I mean, I'm sorry for all those teams in the Western playoffs. who have to go against the Lakers. Try to score on that team is going to be extremely uh, difficult. You got LeBron who's been playing extremely well in defense on the perimeter and then you're running it to Anthony Davis to Drummond. Your shot's going to get blocked. You're not going to get the points in the in the paint. So, that's my take on Aldridge to the to the Brooklyn Nets. I think that it's more name and you know it's all, all glory, no substance. Um, so, that's how I, I view it. What about you?
0: Yeah, I mean, Brooklyn basically gave up all of their all their depth for the James Harden trade. So I think at least bringing someone in with experience especially playoff experience too i think that's going to help the team you know you're mentioning that san antonio bought him out he really didn't fit in with that picture the marcus is i believe 36 35 36 around in that age most of the most of the players on the spurs are, are in their 20s so really he he's like a fossil compared to everyone else on that team and just bringing some some depth you know someone that that could help relieve some of the uh some of the minutes for some of the other players on Brooklyn, I think I think that's gonna I think that's really gonna help them out, at least in my opinion. But one of the things is that we always see this, you know, post trade deadline, is that it becomes an arms race between you know between the big market teams in the league, uh, and this is you know piss off some people, especially Stephen A. Smith. He said, "I don't want the Nets to win like this." I don't want KD to get another title with the deck stacked so absurdly in his favor. That's already happened once. And he basically went on to to say that, you know, they just signed two players who not too long ago were cornerstones of their franchises with Blake Griffin on, on the, on the Clippers and LaMarcus Aldridge on Portland. How they bought, they brought those two in and essentially they're ring chasing. And, you know, you see, on the other coast, you have Lakers bringing in Andre Drummond, you know, also, you know, you know, creating more depth and, and stockpiling for the playoffs. And this really leaves some of the other small market teams essentially no chance at coming out of their of their respective conference. So my question to you, Elon, is do you think that this is kind of hurting the competition, the league, uh, in a way that you know, you see these teams stockpiling uh, prior to the playoffs. I'm gonna be honest. I
1: actually don't view it as a big market, small market situation. I think that it's really just guys are at that point when they're being bought out. They're basically at an age where they're really there to just provide some veteran leaderships. So they're there because they have been, you know, playoff tested. They know what it's, what the big stage is going to bring, and they're going for one last hurrah. They're going. They're basically ring chasing. And I think Mm -hmm. that it's not necessarily going for for a big market team they're more so going for teams that can contend and they can win a championship. I mean, we saw Jeff Teague was a bio guy. Also, he went to Milwaukee. Milwaukee is not a big market team. Everyone was, you know, calling out that Giannis was going to leave Milwaukee because it's not a big market. And we saw that he resigned. They saw, we see that if teams that are, you know, small market teams do the right moves to make themselves a championship contender, guys will sign with them. Guys will resign. The guys will come in, you know, in the bio market. I mean, Let's look at the Cavs also. The Cavs, Cleveland, is one of the smallest markets in the league. But when LeBron was there, all those bio biomark- market guys were going there. It was basically their strategy of let's basically just get whatever team we can get in the in the free agency, and then let's we know that once the bio market hits, we're going to get a bunch of guys and get get all our reinforcements then, and we'll be ready for April to come. So you know we can say that LeBron is a big market on his own, but it's more so they're going to the teams that can contend and not the teams that can offer them the best endorsements, the best, you know, advertisements, all that kind of stuff. Because let's be honest, they're at a point in their career where they're not going to be getting that regardless of where they are. Mm-hmm. So I think it's more of a contending team versus a non-contending team and not a big market versus small market.
0: But you don't think that goes hand in hand with contending team and big markets. I'm all saying, you know, correlations, causation and, uh, and all that fun stuff. <laughs> but, you know, you have players going to LA, and you have players going to New York, city definitely not the knicks but you know like you see you see what i'm saying here it's all those big market teams that are able to provide something to all these ring chasing players because if you want if you want to win a championship chances are you either head to california or to texas you know since 1980 um 12 teams have won Have 12 individual teams have won a championship and 14 of those championships have been Calif- in California. Eight of them have been in Texas, Elon. So when you're looking at teams such as Utah and Phoenix, I think it's guaranteed that you won't see them have a chance in, in the Western Conference this year.
1: I'm going to be honest. I get it. I think that it comes back to, you know, just how competent of a franchise you are. I mean, it's definitely easier if you're a big market team. And, you know, it's you, you don't have to be the best GM in the league to be able to get all the top talent in the league. Let's just look at what happened with, you know, Magic Johnson and Rob Polinko. They, they were a fresh front office with zero, literally no experience managing a team. And LeBron James, you know, he wanted to come to L.A. And so he came and, you know, Magic Johnson resigned. He, you know, stepped down. And that was more of a failed exper- experiment. Rob Palenco is still there running the team. And, you know, the team is, you know, they won a championship since then. And, you know, I don't want to take anything away from him. But obviously, it, it's not just the management and the front office that brought the stars to LA it's obviously the other opportunities as well but then again you can look at teams like Milwaukee and like Phoenix that are making the moves themselves and they have a you know competent front offices there I know it's crazy to think that Phoenix is a competent front office after so many years of failure uh but they w- made the moves they brought in Chris Paul they drafted well they've developed well they you know have an actual uh franchise there and a, and a real franchise now and and that's what t- people look for a lot of guys, when they're you know entering the league, they want to be in a competent situation. They don't want to be in Orlando, where they know that their careers is going to go to hell. They'd rather be in a, in a team and in an environment where they can develop in a in a winning uh, environment. And so, to be in a place like Milwaukee, like Utah, now, like Phoenix, I, I think it's actually a more of a you know esteemed thing to be. I mean, let's just look at the Raptors. They're, they're a team in Canada. Most guys in America don't want to play in Canada's Team for years, they've been looking at European guys because you know it's guys who didn't have didn't grow up with the stigma of Canada being second best. And, you know, they they made the necessary moves. They ch- made trades when they had to make trades. They've developed guys. They put, you know, they built up their, their G League team and they won a championship. And now I don't think people look at Canada as a second class country, but they look at it as a confident franchise, a championship mentality. They have a, you know, the t- one of the top executives in the league. They have one of the top coaches in the league. And so even though the record isn't so good, it's still a culture and an environment where you want to play for. And so, I, again, I think that it's more so you have to have professionalism and actually play like a competent team and not just try to just throw money at any semi-big name just so you can ha- say that, oh, yeah, we got a guy. But you actually have to put in the work to make yourself a competent franchise, and then, you know, the fruits of your labor will, will follow.
0: Yeah, I mean, first of all, you brought up the Raptors. I think that was, a, that was an anomaly uh, when they won the championship. Ch- I think if you go around the city of Toronto asking fans, you know, how soon do you think? The Raptors are going to win a championship. I think the Leafs are probably the next Toronto team to win a championship, not the Raptors. Let's just put that out there. And yeah, you also took the risk for one year. You weren't even able to re-sign your, that main guy. And he, I would say, he kind of proves proves the point that he had he 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 went to LA. You know, he put, not the not the Lakers, but he, he still went to LA. And you're saying that that you know you need like a somewhat competent front office. But yet you're saying that LeBron's kind of like his, his own person, so it doesn't really it really does his own, you know, his own kind of like market, uh, as you mentioned before. So really it doesn't take a comp in office to kind of attract LeBron James to LA. But I, I think, you know, in in the mm-hmm. NBA, I think they have a they have a huge issue with you know balance, balance of teams in the league. You have so many teams that I can tell you right now. Will never win a championship under under the current under the current uh state of the NBA. No, let's hear. I, I want to hear that. <laughs> I guarantee you Memphis will never win a championship. I guarantee you New Orleans will never win a championship. I guarantee you OKC, unless they draft properly, will <laughs> never win a championship. These are teams that they're not going to attract. That they're not going to attract. You know those big name players. Unlike you, know, you had a lot of incompetency in LA remember LeBron's first year in LA, it was a disaster. And, you know, you said uh, Magic Johnson stepped down. They were able to basically force a trade with the Pelicans to get Anthony Davis, another, uh, another uh, player leaving a small market for a big market.
1: So then how, how would you fix it? then? how, how do you, if you are trying to negotiate the next CBA, you're trying to present this case to the NBA and say, you know, you have a problem, big markets versus small markets. You know, you've got majority of the teams are not going to win a championship but then in the foreseeable future. Yep. What's your proposition them? What's your solution?
0: I think you have to kind of look at the NHL for motivation and kind of use what they have as their salary cap. They have a hard cap, no luxury tax, nothing like that. You have a certain amount you can't go over. If you go over, you get penalized in some sort of way. And also, you know, some fine of like $100,000. I'm talking like losing draft picks or, or, you know, something something along those lines. Or else, What's the point of having a 30-team league if basically the NBA focuses on, let's say, 12 teams or if only you know the same teams are going to win a championship every single year it's like it's like the nba is like the wwe it's scripted you know what's going to happen you know like like you know you know it's fake we go into the season with the same thing uh oh, lebron is on the lakers lakers are coming out of the west wow the nets just stockpiled they're probably coming out of the east it doesn't seem like there's like any any sort of you know especially with march madness going on there's not like none of that like excitement you know, the first round, the first round in the NBA playoffs, everyone knows it's going to happen. There's no, there's no upsets. Yeah. You have that, that eight seed being the one seed every decade, two decades, however, however, however long it is, but it, it just, it's not as competitive as, as really, as you know you really, uh, you really wish it could be. So you, you would
1: propose a strict hard cap as opposed to more like what the MLB does and you know, Basically no cap at all, and you yeah. just spend as much as you want. Because the MLB well, also, I, I think had... you get, if you
0: have no cap at all, then you can get rid of Orlando, get rid of New Orleans, get rid of of OKC, you get... get rid of Memphis, get rid of Milwaukee. Or you have
1: owners who are willing to spend money and actually you know, pay for the t- top quality. If you want to win a championship, you got to put down, the, you know, open up the wallet and pay for that. It's not just a guarantee yeah. that, oh, you know, we're going to, you know, gift to wrap you the championship because all of a sudden you're you're living in Oklahoma City. You got to actually pay for that. You got to earn it. So yeah, I think but, that, but,
0: but, but I mean, he, hear me out, you know, owners are rich, but sometimes if you're having a bidding war between LeBron, you know, if, you're, if your cities are between LA and Cleveland, to quote Joachim Noah, what's so good about Cleveland, you (laughs) know? Listen, I, I definitely get that. Something
1: that I've been thinking about, um, you know, over the weekend talking about hard cap, no cap, how to solve the whole big market, small market thing. I think one of the bigger issues as opposed to the big market, small market is that you have some States who, you know, you've tax, literally no state taxes. Then you have some States where it's like all the way up to like, you know, 35%, 45% of taxes, even higher, maybe. Uh, so I think that's a bigger issue. I mean, look at the teams in Texas, Dallas, pretty successful franchise, San Antonio, one of the most su- successful franchises of all time. You got Houston who, despite now their, their failures, they've also been extremely successful for, you know, how, how long have we been watching basketball for They're an extremely successful team? You got Miami who's, you know, they had the big three. They had Wade O'Neal. They've always had some top t- talents there in Florida. So I would say more so trying to regulate the whole thing of how can we you know, make it fair where you don't have to be penalized for just being in a certain state where all of a sudden your players have to, you know, give up half their salary to the taxes. And I actually, you know, I was thinking maybe it's when you offer a contract to someone, that's the actual amount of money that they're going to get, which means if they're going to have to, you know, take off an X amount for, for uh, taxes that the taxes is basically covered by the, the team. And that, you know, it, that, 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 that part doesn't count towards the tap, the, uh, uh, the hard cap or the salary cap. and, you know, therefore, if a guy is being offered, if LeBron's being offered $30 million a year in, you know, Miami, or he's being offered $30 million in Cleveland, he's going to be making that entire portion. And, you know, anything afterwards, anything that he'd have to pay, that's not going to be counted towards the uh, the, the salary cap. So maybe he's getting a $46 million contract in Cleveland, but and he'll only be getting $30 million, but it's still going to be the same $30 million wherever he goes. What are your thoughts on I mean, on that?
0: I, don't, I don't think, you know, I hear you with the whole tax situation, but I don't think that's going to work out. Um I think as proof of that, why isn't Orlando a huge free agent destination? So the same state as Miami, you know, it's still 0% income tax there. Why, why wouldn't they, why wouldn't they be, you know, your main destination for, for players to sign a free agency, but also are you trying to, what you're trying to say is it would kind of be like a bidding process for players. You know, we'll start the bidding at 30 million who can afford it, you know, raise your hand and we'll keep on continuing for the bidding for, for contract. Is that what you're trying to say?
1: No, basically that, you know, a team isn't penalized because the government that, you know, is setting the tax rate there is, you know, has a higher tax rate than somewhere else, you know, that that let the teams be able to appeal to, you know, to the players and not have other factors that, that they can't control as a reason why a player isn't signing there. That's what I'm trying to say that let's try to level the playing field so that, you know, you don't have a team like Miami able to bring in the big three every single, you know, when they want to. Whereas mm-hmm. that's basically not possible in a place like Utah, you know, or, or a place where more of a small market, where it's probably actually a really great city. And they have tons to do there, but you know, the players are going to go there and they know they're going to get killed by a crazy tax rate and they have to pay, give up half their bill or, or a third of their salary. That's what I'm trying to say. Let's, let's level the playing field to create an open market.
0: I mean, uh, two things. One, I don't think a lot of fans are going to be too happy that, that these superstars making millions a year <laughs> and might not have to pay tax in their state. I don't think that's going to go over uh, too l2. And also, second, look, players want to go to L.A. Players want to go to California. I don't have the, I don't have the exact tax rate uh, for the state of California, but I know it's a pretty significant tax rate. Um, I, I don't see that happening. I think you know, the NHL situation, I think that's going to be I think the NHL um, salary cap. I think that's that's the best route for the NBA. Look at it when NHL playoffs. You don't know who's going to win. Every like each all 16 teams are potential you know Stanley Cup champs. You you really don't know who's going to win. You know you can make your bracket. You know you, just because you you take the conference doesn't mean you're gonna you're automatically going to be in the Cup Finals. Whereas yeah, but let's when not where comes to, when comes to the NBA, the... where comes to the NBA, chances are, as we saw a couple of years ago, back to back to back to back, Golden State versus Cleveland. Sorry, what were we gonna say?
1: Let's let's not blame that on the market size. Like you know, it's a completely different sport that's just more more open to uh, you know upsets. If you want to start comparing that, let's let's put a goalie in front of the, the basketball nets. It's, you know, <laughs> make it more fair and more of a you know an actual comparison. It's it's a completely different sport that you know a guy can score on a fluke shot or a goalie can, you know, you know, lose focus for a second, or it hits off a guy's stick on an awkward angle. And all of a sudden you get a goal like that. And that just like that, it changes the the entire course of the game. That doesn't happen in basketball. You're, you're trying to compare apples and oranges here and try to blame it on, uh, on uh, the the market size. Like you said, this is, you know, it's causation correlation thing. It's, it's not the same.
0: Uh, I, I disagree. I think we're, what the NBA should do is try to level the playing field for those smaller market teams. So, that you know, maybe Milwaukee will have a chance one day to to win a championship. But I think as of now, just the way that the situation, just the way that, that, you know, the league structure is made up, I think you'll never see some of these teams who compete their ass off year in year out win a championship, it it just simply won't happen. Like you're not going to see Utah, you know, the first, you know, you having it happening the same year this year, uh, you're not going to see them win a championship like this anytime soon. No one wants to go to Utah, but maybe if the, if the playing field was the same, whereas, you know, LA could only offer, you know, so much to all these superstar players where it gets to the point where, Hey, you know, there's a superstar available, but we, we don't have any money left. So these players look elsewhere to, you know, sign sign their contracts for the same amount.
1: So then the, I, I honestly think that if that happens, it'll just be that every single team in a big market will be, you know, the Knicks are not going to be a laughingstock anymore. It'll just be that every single big market team is going to be, uh, you know, competing. And again, you know, a guy isn't going to go and pick up and pack his bags to go play in, in Utah. And again, I apologize to all the, you know, you fans in Utah you know, for, for continuously ripping on your city, but like, you know, the guys aren't going there because of, you know, ta- you know salary cap is flexible and this and that they're going there because there's nice weather in LA and in Miami. There's, you know, no taxes in in Texas and Florida, or there's ins- insane endorsement opportunities in New York and LA. That's the reason they're going there. So you're not going to find those, those uh qualities and those features in a place like Cleveland in a place like, you know, random place in, in, in Utah, it's going to happen in those big markets. And so Unless you have every single team in a big market, there's always going to be these, you know, the the small market teams are always going to be at a disadvantage. So that's how you have to figure it out, you know, unless you can move the sun all the way to Denver, Colorado, so there's nice weather there as well. They're going to just inherently be at, you know, at a disadvantage. And it's, again, like I said, up to the front office to make up for it like, you know, Toronto made up for that and, you know, won a championship like when, you know, the bad boys in Detroit or in 0304 when Detroit again was winning championships is because the front office put the team in the position to do so. It's a harder challenge. And therefore you have to get more, you know, a better, more competent front office, but you can't blame factors that you can't control uh, on, on a league's problem. That's just the nature of guys who want to make even more money than their contracts. So maybe you say, okay, you know, no no outside endorsements for any of these players, but, you know, good luck getting that CBA signed. It's just going to be a, uh, you know, I think it's just that's how it is, and let's try to get the right guys in the front office making the decisions so that you have teams like Milwaukee who are pushing for the playoffs in playoffs the finals with Giannis, with Drew Holiday, making the necessary moves. You have teams like Toronto winning championships, and that's how you do it. It's not by trying to, you know, make a hard cap, make a flexible cap, this, that. It's by just having guys who can put together a competent roster who are smart, talented general managers, executives, presidents, that situation. That's what I think it is, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, I think let's just agree to disagree. I think the league is broken. You think it's fine. We'll leave it at that. But just these are these are one of the great debates that we have here at Losers Ball. Another fierce debate. We honestly we should we should po- we should put this as one of our polls to see where, where where the listeners stand. You know, should the league kind of reconsider their salary cap? Is it fine the way it is? You know, let it, let us know. We want to see who's right.
1: Yeah, definitely. We would love to hear from you guys at home what you think. Uh, how do you think the NBA can solve this big market small market dilemma? Uh, let us know. Reach out to us on all our social media accounts: Instagram, Twitter, TikTok at Losers Ball uh, If you want to. Uh, reach out about anything in general just a general question for us something you wanted to hear us talk about uh again make sure to follow we just ran our first contest so congratulations to the winner uh we're gonna have more contests in the future so stay tuned again tell all your friends family uh loved ones enemies anyone about our page (laughs) Uh, (laughs) so make sure to get involved make sure to answer and you know answer all the polls on instagram uh get involved in our you know constant updates on Twitter. We love to hear from you guys. Everything we do is for you. So again, just make sure to follow us and we'll be here along the ride with you guys.
0: Uh, until next week, two weeks, we're, we're super busy with with schoolwork right now. Either we're we're going to be posting like every other week for the month of April, just you know, to allow us uh, to get these grades in case the podcast doesn't work out for us. We need a backup plan. So... <laughs> until whenever the next episode comes out you guys will know when it comes out we'll see you later happy buckets happy buckets